Hello, and welcome back to The Millennial and the Mom. I'm Maddie, the Millennial. And I'm Katie, the Mom. And while we're recording this a little bit off schedule, but we just this past Wednesday released our, the first couple episodes of the podcast. So we're super excited that it's actually live and people are maybe finding us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Probably not yet, but oh my we're gosh, having fun. No, I've actually had met a couple of people have messaged me and they've listened to it. And I am so excited. Mostly Maddie, I just want to say everybody listening, I am so impressed that you figured out all the logistics, not only how to edit the episodes and add music, I'm very impressed with that, but also how to get the podcast to all these places. So that's all you, Maddie, and I'm I'm just a proud mom over here. No, it was a lot of um, YouTube video watching. I like really wanted to make um, for our Instagram and TikTok like little videos of uh, that, like because we're doing this on Zoom. Um, I wanted to make the little videos, and I literally probably spent like two hours watching various YouTube videos about how to turn a Zoom recording into like a format that works for Instagram. So it's been a definitely a learning experience. It's been really fun for the most part. It started to get a little bit stressful right before because I was like, okay, we actually have to like get this out. And it took like a lot. It was more involved than I think we both thought. I think we just thought like, oh, we hit submit. And then like the podcast hosting website will like get it out everywhere. But it was well, a little remember, more. I kept refreshing it, trying to find it. But then there was like I know, one I was more so... step you didn't know about. And I was like, I don't see it anywhere. I was so stressed. I was like, I did everything right. And then I realized you had to hit like finish or something. And I forgot <laughs> to hit it. So, well, hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this, this episode also got pushed out. But we're really excited. We have so many more topics to record. Um, but this week, mom, I mean, we're celebrating a major milestone for you and dad. We're going to talk all about your 30th anniversary trip to Europe. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe we've been married for 30 years. That seems like on the one hand, hardly any time has passed. It feels like it's just been so quick. On the other hand, I mean, 30 years is a big number. I've spent my entire adult life. I mean, I met him when I was 21, my entire adult life, um, and more than half my life married to him. So I'm I'm very lucky. I'm grateful. He's amazing. Is that a little plug that you're less than 60. Like you've <laughs> well, yes. I, well, I am. I do I have to plug it or should I be? No, I just like I'm definitely under chicken. 60. I would say I'm much closer to 50 than I am 60. So let's just let's not let's not speed it along any more than we have to. But I'm not someone who like cares about aging. I mean, listen, no. I, I, you know, I got some gray hairs and I'm not coloring them. And that's a whole nother episode. Talk about that later. Um, um, but no, but I yeah. mean, it makes sense. You have three kids in their mid mid through late 20s. So I mean, at some point, you know, yeah, you have to have been um, with dad for at least 28 years, um, which is my older sister's age. But no, I think we were so happy that you guys actually like, not that we didn't, you know, expect you to do something, but that you like planned a big trip that you went and you celebrated you guys are not I was gonna say low key, but you guys really aren't low key. But sometimes I feel like, you know, you have like you, you guys deserve to like do a big trip and celebrate your anniversary and all of that. Um, we can get into later if you have any advice for us, like newlyweds. I mean, you've been married 30 years. I've been married for eight months, which maybe to Drew feels like it's been 30 years, but hey, it's know. a day at a time, a day at oh, a time. You, no, I, I, I can see, um, over 30 years why it, you have to take it day by day. Um, but yeah, I want, I think today we're just going to get, you know, into your trip and like 
how you planned it. You guys were gone for a long time. Yeah, we were gone actually 18 days, only 17 hotel nights because there was one overnight, you know, obviously flight getting over there. I will say before we start, the funniest thing was you and your sisters were like, totally the parent mode. You're like, you're not sending enough text messages. You're not telling us enough what's going on, you know? And I'm like, you guys held it together back here. Cause with well, the time change, it was hard to keep in touch. Well, and I feel like, like we're still, it's like that real I've seen on Instagram where it's like me, like a 27 year old adult, like text me my parents that like I'm on the plane and like, we're about to take off or whatever. Like we are a family that like, it doesn't matter who's going where, like if it's a trip with like for work or like with our significant others or friends, like we always will text like on plane or like hitting the road if we're going on a road trip. And like, you guys like are always like tracking us or not tracking us, but like, you're like, want to know what's up. And then like, you guys went like radio silent. I was like, what country are they in? Like, we didn't do that on purpose. Are they like, we didn't do it on purpose. I was worried with the time change of like texting you or something you know, and like, it would be like the middle of the night for you, but I don't know why I worried about it. I mean, I wouldn't have replied, but I, I know, I know, pick up. I know, but I, oh, I, I did reply to some texts that you guys sent that ended up hitting me in the middle of the night. Not that they were specifically for me, but cause you know, I wasn't sleeping or something and I was up. So I replied to it, but no, we really, I mean, getting a little bit into the planning for it, we've not, I mean, we've obviously done, we've done some amazing travel in our lifetimes. And of course your dad has done an amazing amount of travel for work. So he's been a lot of places. Mm -hmm. Um, we haven't done, we've never done like anything really quote unquote big for our anniversary. Right. We've always had some other things. I mean, last summer, you know, two people got married and we had, you know, some other things interfering with anniversaries in the past. So this was the first time we planned so far in advance, which actually is very ironic when we talk a little bit about planning process. We're not a family that plans things very far in advance. You know, we'll be like, you know, a month. I will say as it's someone who, who has recently gotten married, like Drew comes from a family that like, if they take a trip, like they know far in advance, they plan in advance, like mainly because like you mentioned, like dad has done so much travel for work. Like he spent 30 years as a management consultant. So like all he did was like pack up and go at the last minute, get on a plane, go to wherever he needed to go. And that was just how we like, we travel as a family. It's like, oh, last minute, like we're going to, you know, Chicago or let's go visit Meredith in California. And, you know, it's always super last minute. We're just booking last minute flights. And a lot of times it's because like dad had so many miles. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, it, you know, it mattered that the price had gone up because we're using mileage tickets or whatever. And so like, that's been a huge adjustment for like Drew and I is like, he wants to plan these far in advance. I'm like, no, you just don't understand. Like, I don't know how to do that. And then you guys plan this like six months in advance, which was so uncharacteristic. It, okay. It was so uncharacteristic that we planned it so far in advance. And the funny part of it is we booked the tickets. I think it was more than six months. I think it was maybe like eight months prior to the trip, which normally we wouldn't, wouldn't do it that far out. Of course, you know, to go to Europe, you got to have a little bit of planning, but so we plan eight months in advance. We book these tickets. We book the hotels. You know, we get the major things locked in. And then like three weeks before the trip, the airline cancels our original ticket to Europe. And we, know, and, and we so have annoying. to rebook. I mean, I was like, this is why I don't plan in advance because now they're like, oh, we canceled this one, you know, leg of your flight. So now you have to like rebook everything, which was fine. Of course, we got the price we originally paid and we just, we rebooked on a new route, but that actually kind of set off. We, we did not have a good 
first, like, let's say 24 hours of the trip, because we ended up connecting to go there. That's a whole nother debate. And I mean, if, mm-hmm. you, if, if we had your dad on this podcast, you'd have a lot to say. We really never, ever want to book a connection. However, for price reasons, we booked a connection going. We were originally supposed to go through um, Heathrow and on to Paris because the price to go nonstop was really, really expensive. So we're like, okay, it's fine. We can connect. Like we don't, it's, it's, you know, we're not on any time constraint here. So when we had to rebook the flight because they canceled the- Well, and you're, you're like, forget- well, okay, I guess there were two rebookings because you rebooked a couple of weeks in advance. But then when you got there, like to check in for your flight, you had to get rebooked. Right. So we originally did the rebook. So they changed us from going to Heathrow to Paris. Which happens. To- that happened right. That happened on our honeymoon. They yeah. we booked like six months in advance and they ended up canceling that flight. So we had to get on a different one. But we knew a couple, right. knew so at no least problem. a month in advance. We yeah. knew a couple weeks in advance. Then we have to go to Chicago and then we're going to go to Chicago nonstop to Paris. Actually, it was going to be a better routing anyways until mm-hmm. we got to the airport. And at first, the flight to Chicago was running a little bit behind. It was already a tight connection that we kind of were wondering why they only gave us like a little over an hour in Chicago to, to, you know, change planes. Not a big deal. I mean, but so anyways, long story short, the Chicago flight kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And we had checked in and then it became apparent we weren't going to make the connection. And the problem, as you know, with the Europe flights, is it's not like I'm going to get a later flight. I got to wait a whole nother 24 hours. Yeah. So then we're trying to rebook but we'd already checked our luggage. We'll talk about check luggage in a minute. But anyways, I'm not going to get into all the details. We ended up spending, I think, four or five hours at the Dallas airport before we even left. And we finally left on a flight to Heathrow, which oddly enough, we got upgraded to first class, not just business class, but first class. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. Which, I mean, again, was well, I, think, I, I, I mean, I have had the luxury of getting many upgrades in my life thanks to dad's airline status but i still don't know what what was the difference you had okay you were supposed to be in a pod regardless right i mean it's kind of it listen i'm gonna little little tip don't ever pay for a first class ticket if you i mean i'm all about business class on a long flight listen i'm old i I gotta be the first class like if i'm going new york no 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 it's to different. San Francisco, there's only one section that has pods no, in it. No, that's not true. There's four. This was a what they call a four class flight. It was first class, business class, premium economy, or something like that. And then and then where Drew regular. and I sit, which is like row <laughs> forty five, because he won't even let okay. us pay for a seat. <laughs> so listen, what I'm saying is, I I've rarely been on a flight like this, but the first class seats there was only eight of them on this flight and then there was like a business class section which is where we thought we were going to be but and then anyways, all the peasants in the back re- of the plane they rerouted us so we get so she's like no i'm going to put you in these first class seats these are the two we have available I'm like this is great so okay well I, let's let's take a step back so obviously again po- podcast coming from a place of privilege but before before we get into all of this like what was your guys's itinerary like you okay so you're going from dallas to paris and then you know let's let's walk through like where okay. all you were planning we're to go star- we started in paris and i have been as you know because you were with me i went to mm-hmm. paris for the day one time we were you and i were in london on a crazy trip talk about that another time um and we took the channel to paris and we spent the Which day was there so fun it was so fun. And then we went back. So I had kind of had this breeze through Paris. Like we went in the Louvre, we saw the Eiffel Tower, 
We went to Champs-Élysées and then we, we were like, literally just checking the boxes. We literally we were, like, saw right. the Eiffel Tower next and, stop. And dad has never been to Paris other than to connect. So we we wanted to start in Paris. And honestly, like we don't have a ton of, ex- I don't have a ton of experience traveling in Europe. Um, dad's been to a bunch of places for business, but it's not like we've taken all these European vacations and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, let's go somewhere like unique because I haven't even been to the major places. So, yeah. I, you know, of course I wanted to kind of like, we wanted to be in Paris together like do the, you know, kind of the big thing. So we started in Paris. Then we were looking for another city to go to. When we kind of debated about where to go, we really thought about going to like the Amalfi Coast and down to like mm-hmm. Rome and Southern Italy. I'm going to be honest. It's just too crowded in the summer to do that. I was going to say a lot of Europe was already crowded, but yeah, I just you guys don't like crowds. I didn't feel like I needed a beach vacation in Europe at this particular time. If I was going to do that, I would try to go a little more off season, like maybe May or September or whatever. But so we were looking Mm -hmm. for another city to go to. And honestly, it just happened to be that we had some points that we could use in Vienna, Austria at this like really nice historic hotel. So, I mean, for dad and I, we, it's not like we've been to all these places. So I'm like, why do I care if I'm in Vienna or Frankfurt or Amsterdam? Like I haven't been to any of these places. So um, it was dad been to Austria before. No, no, neither of us had been. So then we did five days in Vienna. Well, it actually ended up being four because we extended Paris a little bit because we, our trip got started kind of late with all the delays. And then Mm -hmm. after that, we went to Lake Como, Italy, which we'll talk about. Then we did one night in Milan because we were flying out the next morning to go to Dublin. We ended our trip in Dublin, but that was to see a friend. So that one, Mm -hmm. we didn't do a lot of planning. We um, got to connect with, um, you know, a really good college friend, actually best man on our wedding, um, friend of dad. So um, that was, that was really fun. So we ended the trip there and then we came back. So it was 17 nights total, the 18th night being that first night on the overnight flight. But um, yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, I think that, you know, everybody has like a travel personality. I mean, and I had what is your travel personality? As someone who's travel- traveled with you a lot, I don't know if I, I know what you're gonna say. Okay, this is what I want to say at the outset. I admire people who can like get every you know budget uh friendly thing and see a million sites and like check a million things off their list mm-hmm. and like pack in a single carry-on bag. Like have that's not to Katie. You. No. Um I I like to be a little more immersive. Like I, of course I, I wanted to see the Eiffel tower. I wanted to see a few big things. I don't need to check things off a list. I just want to like be in Paris. What does that like- have to do with you needing to check, check luggage? No, these are parts of immersive? my personality. Oh, parts oh, okay. of my personality. Okay. So it's like, I just want to like be an experience. I don't care that I know I can guarantee you every person who's gone to Europe has done more things than I did on this trip. We did not like pack our days. We enjoyed ourselves. We relaxed. We kind of like thought about what we wanted to do, what we were feeling that day. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and then in terms of luggage, okay, luggage is a very personal thing. And people love to carry on. I love to carry on. That's great. Honestly, Mm -hmm. on a 17, 18 day trip, it absolutely does not work for me because as you know, I, I have some medical needs. I do have a significant amount of medical things I have to bring with me. That's just the reality. And Mm -hmm. I, I really, it does take up you know, some amount of space. So to be able no, to mean, carry on would, would have not, been hard. Yeah. I mean, if you're not going somewhere that has laundry or you don't feel confident in your, you know, that you know what the laundry situation is going to be like, it is hard once you get past like five or six days 
it's hard. To, it's hard. I, I mean, it depends. Like if you're going somewhere warm and you're going on like a beach vacation, like, you know, you're going to be in your like bathing suit at the beach the whole time, like right. whatever. You only need a couple um, outfits you can recycle. But especially like if you're like we, Drew and I went to, um, we did a quick like long weekend to Paris, which because we had a ton of airline miles and we were going to go somewhere warm. We were going to go from like New York area to Miami, which like. I guess everyone in this area tries to do in the winter because it was going to be like $700 a person to fly to Miami from Newark. And we are like, where else can we go for Because it was like $700, but we had the points equivalent. So we're like, where else can we go? And but it's like off season for Paris. And so we got, we got all of our flights on miles and the hotel was like super cheap because it just wasn't full, but that was harder to like, we, I mean, we were only there for a long weekend, but it was winter. And so you have like yeah. sweaters and like boots and coats. And like, I think, I mean, we didn't need to check a bag, but I could see like, if I was going back to Paris too, like you also want to be like, like it's a fashionable city. Like you okay, want to be let's wearing. Let's talk like, about that. Things. Let's talk about that because I mean, Anybody who knows me, I mean, I'm a pretty casual person. Like I, you know, I, I just, I, I don't have like, you know, all these fancy clothes. I don't like dress up on the regular, like I like to get dressed up every now and then, but you know, I'm kind of like basic wardrobe. Um, and not that I don't have a lot of clothes. I have too many clothes, but they're all the same. I was going to say, thing. they're you, the same basic thing. Your um, closet is bigger than my bathroom. So. Yeah, it is. Well, that's that's uh, New York living versus suburban no, Dallas. It's, ho- it's Hoboken living. I know I got so much crap from both my sisters and Drew that I kept calling it the town I live in. And they were like, just say you live in Hoboken. So everyone, once again, I that, live in Okay, Hoboken. wait a second. That is a, a side note. That's the biggest problem that we published three episodes because your two sisters have come in with the criticism. They have a lot they of feedback like for live. us texting us oh as my they, God. Were they were yeah, live they were live texting as they were listening to it and commenting on it it was pretty funny we'll have them on at some point but anyway so i will say and there's some really funny meme memes i've seen about this but it's kind of like you know me on a daily basis i wear the same like black tank top leggings whatever mm-hmm. me <laughs> packing for a european vacation of course i need these stilettos and this like evening gown so I suffered from that a little bit, right? I was really looking forward to this trip and I was just like imagining. And honestly, other than one dress I bought, I not bought that I brought, I wore everything I brought at least once. I mean, some stuff I wore lots and lots of many times. Yeah. We did send some laundry out, you know, of course. Was it warm? What was the climate? Yes, it was it was warm. Um, it wasn't hot though. It definitely wasn't hot. It was it was good. It was like 70s, 80s. We had a threat of rain almost the entire trip. But other than the last day, we didn't have a threat of rain. rain. <laughs> yeah. We, well, it was what, supposed to be raining you, most days, but it didn't you end say up raining. It like that? A threat of rain. Threat. Threat. No, I know, but I've never heard you use that expression before. You mean like it could rain? Like so what? <laughs> and it's like without the Europeans say, oh no, there's a threat of rain. I don't know. <laughs> that was like, so else? bizarre. I've never how else would I communicate that each day the forecast like, oh, that it was gonna it rain, could... but it didn't rain. It just there was a chance. Why is of this rain. so funny? There's a chance of showers. Yeah, like like a normal person. Okay, so it was warm. It wasn't hot. That's nice. So like, what did you pack? Like, what were your what were your activities going to be? Like, you obviously you knew you were going to go to the Eiffel Tower. You were going to go back to the Louvre. Well, just so you know, we didn't go to the Eiffel Tower. We looked at the Eiffel Tower, but I didn't actually go to the Eiffel Tower. 
Yeah, I mean, when we were there in February or yeah, January, it's like, oh, you there's Eiffel Tower. It's pretty. You couldn't we go up and light up at night and stuff. Well, the other thing too is, I think anybody listening to this has to realize there's a couple of constraints we're operating in. Number one, we don't do boats. We don't do confined spaces and we really don't do a lot of heights. So, I mean, that's going to rule out some things in Europe right there. <laughs> neither of us, you know, neither your dad or I, me for claustrophobia reasons, him for more height reasons. You know, we're not going to climb to the top of, you know, something and look out. I mean, that's just not our thing. Yeah. We're not getting any small elevators. Actually, we had to get in a really small elevator once for this place. We went to dinner, um, this place called Gigi's, and it had a beautiful view of the Eiffel Tower. And you had to line up and everyone's lining up and checking in. Mm -hmm. And then you have to wait at these two elevators. It wasn't until we got way up in the line and we checked in for a reservation and they told us like you either had to go left or right. And they're like, oh, go left. So I'm over there. And at that point, suddenly I see this sign on the wall that says maximum four people in the elevator. And part of me was like, oh, well, that's good. I'm glad they're not going to pack people in here. And then mm -hmm. when the elevator doors opened, I was like, um, I think four is about five too many people in that elevator. I mean, it was how many, how many floors was it? Did you take the stairs? Um, uh, no, it was, well, I, you probably could have somewhere, but um, it was probably about four or five floors, but this is the only okay. option that they gave you to get up there. And I mean, it was tight. We were in the, in there with another couple and all of us were like, I, I just, I closed my eyes and I counted to 30 and I was like, please let this elevator ride be over. Cause this is so small. <laughs> um, but we, we did, we got up there and then I tried I to thought about you the other day because I was in my elevator in my office and like I work in it. Uh, it's not like it's some like brand new skyscraper or whatever. It's more like an old office building. And I was taking the elevator and the lights went off. Oh my God. I mean, it, it kept I, going. Just kill me. But I was kill like, me. mom would be freaking out. I would right be now. freaking out. I would be freaking out. So, okay, anyways, so, so I mean, what were we going to do? We were going to do like, we were going to walk a million miles during the day, right? And mm -hmm. go around and see stuff. And then at night, we were going to go out, you know, like go out for a nice dinner. Go, you know, we saw um, in Vienna, we went to the ballet and the opera. I have a lot to say what about that. What were your thoughts on those? Okay, well, I think everybody should know, first of all, I've never uttered the words, I went to a ballet and I went to an opera. Until this is right the now. family that had to leave the San Francisco Nutcracker at Intermission. Because yeah, we, we discovered 10 years ago, we weren't, you know, performing arts people. Okay, well, let me tell you something. We were a fine, fine performing arts. Like, we'll go to a concert. Yes, yeah, I mean, at least the Nutcracker, I could tell what was going on. We were at a, the ballet was not a hit. Okay, so also, you know, we were in these seats. We're in the Vienna Opera House, which is unbelievable. It's absolutely amazing. But, you know, you're just, you're online, like you know, sitting here in America booking these tickets. You don't have any idea what this mm -hmm. menu is like. So we are in the, not on the main floor of the Opera House, but up one level, which I thought from the map just looked like, you know, like a mezzanine level. Well, it yeah. turns out the entire Opera House, which I guess I could have studied a little bit more, once you get above the first level, is all these like little boxes, right? Just kind of like what you would expect old fashioned, like a little box with a curtain. But inside the box, they put like nine chairs, like shoved. Are there in multiple levels within the box? Yeah. Oh, not within the box, but then there's box after box after box level. They go way up. So okay. we were in the first level up and we were in the front seat, the front row of the box, there was like three rows. Okay. So the front row had just imagine like a regular chair and mm -hmm. then there was three of them. And then the second row had like a little bit taller chair. And the third row had like a bar stool. And there was not, there was like, Wait, no, you, it was, was the bar stool cheaper than the other seats. Like, I'd be pretty 
bummed if I no. In I have some a bath? ways, the bar stool would have been the best seat. Okay, because the problem with this, the front row of this box was you're in this tiny chair, like shoved up against the front. You could barely move. And then the people behind you, the chairs weren't fixed to the ground. They were kind of like, you know, movable. You can move it. And then behind you, though, you have two other people in chairs that are higher up, not quite a bar stool height. And then the last row, they probably had the most room. I mean, yeah, there are three rows. There's two rows in front of them, but they're still, I mean, it's still a good seat. I have no idea. About ticket price. And I, I mean, listen, I was just trying to click and buy these tickets from afar. Um, so that was a little bit challenging. It was extremely uncomfortable because we were like shoved into these two front seats. Like I couldn't even, and like my arm was like, couldn't even be like next to me. I had to have my arm like under my chin <laughs> because on like the ledge of this thing. So that contributed to it. And then the ballet was like, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not very cultured. I was imagining like, you know, some tutus and people jumping around, like kind of like Swan Lake-ish. No, 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 no. It was like- What was it? It was kind of like an interpretive ballet about nature and spring. And there was like very- Was it like a, uh, is it- is it similar like a Broadway show where you're going to Broadway, but there's a bunch of different shows? Like, could you see multiple different ballets, ballets? I don't ballets? know. <laughs> I, I, I only saw, I mean, this was, we had these two nights kind of earmarked to go to the Vienna Opera House. And this happened to be what was playing. Okay. I don't know if there was like other ballets. Listen, I don't know anything about ballet. I'm sure there's like, we are so. I'm sure I, there's kinds of ballet. And I, I, maybe if I had known the style of this, I would have known. So long story short, an hour, 45 minutes into it. Of me, oh my God, how long was it? Well, I'm going to get to that. Of me sitting with my hand under my chin, because I'm like, and it's like, oh my God, I'm like completely squished in here. Um, there was an intermission. Did you guys leave after the intermission? At which we left. We, we did leave. Um, <laughs> I, I think it. the whole thing was like two hours and 45 minutes. You know, so it was That's like, a long time. Like I will be oh, so wait much- till we talk about the opera. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. But when we went, cause you like to, or you've started, you know, to like to go to Broadway when you come visit me and I love Broadway. I, we saw the first time you we went together, we went and saw music man, awesome. which was really good. It had an intermission. Uh-huh. And then I went and I saw with a friend who was visiting, um, into the woods, which uh-huh. also amazing. Sarah Borales perform- was performing when when we were there, so so good. But then, okay, both of us had intermissions, and I will say, like, I kind of was like, okay, like I, I'm kind of getting jumpy, like I could be done with this at both of those intermissions. But then you and you and I and someone else saw um, come was... from away, come from away, yeah, which didn't have an intermission, which was perfect. It didn't matter because I was sobbing by the end of that one. Come from away. That was but so it good. Felt like it was like the pace was like, yes, good. Yeah. you didn't need an intermission. Yeah. So, so the ballet, yes, it was long. So I didn't feel bad about leaving an intermission. I'm like, I have seen a lot of dancing. Like I have a lot of questions. Yeah. I've got some things to research. Um, and then a couple well, the other thing I forgot to tell you is this is a wonderful thing. The Vienna Opera, Opera House is amazing. It's beautiful, historic, but every single seat has a little, um, it's, it's not like really an iPad, but it looks like a little iPad tablet at every seat. And it will translate what's happening in the ballet or the opera. You choose oh, your language. Cool. So, I mean, it was like translating the ballet. Like, I also didn't realize there was like singers in the ballet, but they were like down in the orchestra pit. I have a lot I still need to learn. But when we went back for the opera, we were much more prepared. I researched it ahead of time while we mm-hmm. were in Vienna. We It was Lady Macbeth. It was like... Uh, 
I feel like it was like a Austrian or German take on Macbeth. It was called Lady Macbeth. So it was like kind of the general story, but mm-hmm. some differences. So you we kind of had some things to pull from. <laughs> we read, but we read the whole story before going in. We you read all was, of Macbeth. No, we read the summary of like each part. <laughs> read what the was cliff notes. Read the cliff notes. Hey, listen. And then I followed along on the tablet during the opera. So I, I knew what was happening. And that was actually, the opera was wonderful. So it was, and then I knew a little bit more. We had totally different seats. It wasn't that I mm-hmm. chose, I, I had booked all the tickets ahead of time. It happened to be for the opera, we were sitting on the main floor level. Um, and we actually were at seats where I didn't even know it, but there was like a, an aisle in between us and like the seats in front of us. So oh, we had plenty nice. of room to stretch our legs and we still had the tablet. Um, so I could follow along and they were, they were good seats. And I also figured out that because I kind of saw this happening during the ballet and I was like, how does this happen is when you leave, you pre-order if you want to have like water or you want to have a glass of wine or you want to have a little treat at intermission, you can go on and do that. And they'll have it like ready for you at like a little table during intermission. So you can. Oh, how lovely. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. It's so like those fancy that- movie theaters in America. <laughs> I kind of, well, they bring your food to your seat. That would be, that'd be terrible over there. They would never do that. But so we went, we had our little bite and then we went back in and we actually stayed for the whole thing. It was excellent. It it was three hours and 15 minutes long. Wow. The only thing I'll say about the opera is it started at four o'clock in the afternoon and the ballet started at seven o'clock at night. I don't know which, well, cause I guess you, you went to dinner after. We went to dinner after the opera. We went to dinner before the ballet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, this is going to sound so uncultured of me, but do they speak German in Austria? In Austria, yes, they speak German. Um, they also speak some French. I mean, they speak, but the main language is German. Okay, so then, so when I was in Paris recently, and everyone speaks for the most I part know, English, English, which makes yeah. you just feel so just stupid. Stupid. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like Austria is maybe less of a commercialized destination. Yes. Was it a, d- did people speak English or was it much more you trying to just like? I, I would say they spoke more broken English. I mean, th- yes, a lot of people spoke English, like at the hotels and stuff. But the the biggest plug, I'll make a huge plug for Vienna. It was one of my most favorite spots. And I will say, I mean, Paris is Paris. It's its own thing. People are going to feel the way they feel about it. Um, I mean, Did it's, you not it's, like Paris? No, I loved it. It was, but it was getting crowded. Um, but it's also, you know, Paris is very like elevated. And it's like, here's my comment about Paris is like, is nobody in France overweight? Because honestly, I, all I saw there was like thin people. Now, half of them were smoking. So maybe that was part of it. But I, even the men, I'm like, everybody here is so darn thin. Well, because um, they do so much walking and they're I eating. And I will say like the thing I took away from my most, you know, I'd been to Paris for the day with you and we'd done London in that trip. And then I, I think my only other European trip was... We went to Barcelona for dad for work and we got to go along when I was probably in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I don't And Zurich. Oh, okay. Okay. So I I've been to Europe a fair amount. Okay. But um as an adult, this was like my first big trip back. 
And it was just so nice that like, it was so leisurely. It's like, you're going to go and you're going to go sit down. Yes. You're going to enjoy your food and, you know, have an espresso with your dessert and like all of that. Like it definitely, I am a very fast eater and I'm just like shoveling. Yeah, no, I know. And so it's like, I could see if that's your lifestyle. Like I'd probably be thinner. Well, uh, no, I mean, and again, that's not a dig on Paris. I was like very impressed with these people. I will also say that I had, I mean, I did not hold back. Like if there was a pastry I wanted to try, I tried. No, no, there was, you're, you're there. If they you're gave eating. me that little roll of butter, I'm like, I must put this on something. I love oh the, my God. Like the tubes the of jams. butter. <gasps> the jams, everything. And I was literally like, when we were flying back, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have gained 10 pounds. No, Guess what? you don't. I did not though. gain a single pound. Because um, you walk and their food walking, is better. But the, the fact, but the, the comment about Vienna, I absolutely loved it. And there's a couple of reasons why not crowded, bustling, but not crowded. And here's one example is it was five o'clock. We were walking back. It looked like it was actually going to start raining. And I, we were walking back to the hotel. I think we had dinner reservations later, maybe eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. So we had gone and seen a bunch of stuff. We were walking back and I was like, oh, I really want to go into this museum, this Albertina museum. But we come up to it and I'm like, oh, it closes at six. I'm like, well, let's just go in. If we want to come back tomorrow, we'll come back tomorrow. We'll buy another mm-hmm. ticket. Ticket was not expensive. I would say it was like um, 20 euros or something. So we just wander into this museum an hour before it closes, especially after having trudged through the Louvre to see a couple of things with about a you million other Louvre, people. You were in the Louvre, you were trudging. We were trudging and it was actually very, <laughs> it was hot that day. And it was like, you were moving in mass in the Louvre, right? You're just, everyone's kind of like going well, around. Everyone's like, where is the Mona Lisa? Oh my God. Must um, so we, anyways, we wandered to the Albertina. We almost had the Picasso. Is this, is this an art museum? What I, I don't know. It's what an, an art museum. museum. And literally we must've seen like a hundred Picassos, just like, hardly anybody else in the gallery. We have time to read everything. I'm surprised you recognized that it was Picasso. (laughs) I can read. I can read. And then we saw Chagall, Monet, like all of these very famous painters. All my friends. (laughs) Um, So, and we saw everything. This is coming from, this is, you've had such an awakening because when we were in London, I remember we went into like, because a a lot of the museums in London were free. We went into the, it must've been the National Gallery or something. And we were like, so... It was like we were looking for like Picasso or Monet, and there were all these other labels. Like it was like Rembrandt. If I'm yeah. saying that right, and all of a sudden we're just like, nah, I don't really know who that is. Like keep going. Like let's let's no, find we, something. We actually enjoyed we enjoyed the Louvre. We enjoyed this museum because again we were kind of like you know stretching our wings a little bit. Maddie, the funniest thing about when you and I went to London was when we were literally taking pictures of each other in front of okay, the Big Ben. <laughs> Big Ben. It wasn't until we took all the pictures I was like. And we're like, it looks, it looks so different in real life. And then because of this clock looks really different than the big bed. What was it actually? It It must have been like the parliament building. I don't know. But I think literally we turned around. I think we turned around and then we saw this huge, like it was under, it had some renovations happening to it. But um, anyways, but Vienna was wonderful. I really did like it. The other big thing about Vienna, which I think is why I liked it. And obviously I am a proud American. I love America. I live here. I'm not always a proud American. Well, I'm not either different podcast. Um, But there were hardly, and I felt like we, it wasn't like we were tripping over Americans in Vienna. A lot of just like different people. It was great. Everywhere else, a lot of Americans, because we left Vienna, we went to Lake Como. Beautiful. I mean, Lake Como, I felt like, honestly, I was like, is this fake? You're in White Lotus. 
Yeah. Which I, I have oh, not watched, but I know you have. But I, well, they weren't, that wasn't where they were in White Lotus, but it was just, oh. but the thing about Lake Como is it literally felt fake. I was like, is this like a movie set? Does this, is this really what this looks like? Yes, it is. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, we really, you know what? I also feel like I haven't seen a lot of photos from this trip. I feel like I sent a lot of photos. I'll send maybe you I more. wasn't, maybe I wasn't looking at them. I also tried to not be on my phone as much. I did take some pictures, but I wasn't, I didn't feel like I'd take a picture of everything. Um, but the thing about Lake Como is we were staying at like a resort on the lake and we honestly mm-hmm. kind of used that stop. It was a little bit more of like you know, we hung out at the resort, we went to the pool, it was more, we didn't do a lot of traveling around Lake Como for a lot of reasons that I won't get into. But Lake Como, if you don't like windy roads, and you don't like boats, you don't, there's, you know, you, you should like one or did you know things. that going into it? Or was that kind of, no. was that disappointing? It wasn't disappointing. It just happened to be we weren't in a place really to do many boat trips or, you know, windy roads. Um, yeah. But we didn't feel like, you know, again, ev- I'm sure everybody who goes to Lake Como did 500 more things than I did, but I had an amazing time. So I don't care. I saw beautiful things and we hung out and the resort was great. But here's what I will say. Every person I saw there was an American. In fact, well, like you were at an American resort. Yes. I mean, it's an international <laughs> resort. They don't actually have a lot of those in America. I mean, it was an international property. Um, yeah, but it was, but, a, it was not a, we're not a family that we like to know what we're getting. Right. I didn't go to, to some hotels. little random hotel. Yeah. But even beyond that, we went up to Bellagio one day, um, which was like a 45 a minute town? drive. It's, it's a town. It's at like the resort we're, in Las Vegas. <laughs> I know. Well, based on that, I guess. But up there, everybody was American. But the funniest thing about the resort, the property we were at, is like not only were they American, I swear to God, half of them were from Texas. And I'm like, oh my God, I cannot get away from these people. Um, but no, Lake Como was amazing. We had an incredible night in Milan. Now, interesting little piece of history we got involved in is while we were in Lake Como, the former president of Italy, um, Berlusconi died. And so Mm. it happened to be the night we spent in Milan, our hotel was half a block from the Plaza Duomo, which is like the big people there. The night we spent in Milan, they were having the state funeral for Berlusconi in that plaza. So that's crazy. It was it, 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 but we, it didn't really, you know, certainly there were more, a lot more security around, a lot yeah. of, you know, press, but it wasn't, it didn't really impact us. Um, well, that's it, like when Drew and I were in Paris and it must've been January and they were having all of the, it was the start of all of the kind of um, strife about the laws. They were talking about changing with the retirement age and all of that. And we're like crossing the street to go, we were going to go to the Louvre and the Louvre's like in the plaza area, but there's a road that you can drive through. And we're like crossing the street and there were some police, but like nothing. I mean, I was like, it's the Louvre. It's, you know, they just have police here. And then I like looked and I'm like, Drew, it's so cute. There's like a, <laughs> there's like a, there's a parade going on and then like it starts to get closer and it's like clearly a protest and I was like okay let's just like go get in line (laughs) oh my gosh yeah I mean it was so Milan was amazing um we did some shopping there of course Mm -hmm. and then you know we ended the trip in, in Dublin and I have to say you know obviously we went there to see a friend I loved Dublin to me Dublin was such a relaxed more like um I don't what what do I, it reminded me almost of like Portland or Seattle very mm-hmm. um I don't know how to describe it but we had a great time did it did it feel more like 
London felt? Yes, or, but not a or, fancy London, more of just like a down to earth, like very accessible. Um, mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is the day we were there, uh, the friend that we were visiting wanted to take us to a couple of places and, and show us things like the Book of Kells and the Guinness factory. But as mm-hmm. it turns out, everything was like completely sold out. So we only got to walk by those places. We didn't even go in. Um, but we had a great time. We had a great time. We saw, you know, saw our friend, his wife, his brother, and um, had, a, had a really great time there. And we actually ended up, that was our biggest walking day, was our last day um, when we were um, out in the city with him and he was showing us around. We ended up walking 10 miles, over 20,000 steps that day. That was kind I of know. our biggest day. I feel like when I was last in Europe, though, I mean, I walk so much living in Hoboken working in the city so I feel like it wasn't as you know there are people and I was like reading the guides and it was like you know plan your trip to Paris and all of that um and it was like you're be prepared to like walk a ton and I'm like I am prepared to walk a ton every day anyway right (laughs) yes I, I will like routinely hit if I'm running errands or I know I need to like go multiple places like I'll hit like 15,000 steps yeah no but I can that, see for a little tech, t- I know that's my takeaway like you who uh-huh. drives their car everywhere um but no I think you guys it sounds like you had an amazing time I we had an amazing back. time I wouldn't change anything that we did I honestly wouldn't change anything um but I guess you know into the prep work you know you're I guess you've gone better but like, did you, were you nervous at all for like the flights? Like, cause I assume you had to take little planes in between like Milan. They were and... little. No, they were like regular. I mean, it'd be like if I took a plane from here to see you up in New York, New York, a city area. Oh, really? No, they it weren't wasn't... little planes at all. Oh, I, I they were just know. like regular jets. Now I will say we boarded a lot of planes on the tarmac. Like you, yeah. like, they take you out in a little bus and then you go up the stairs and all that. So, um, no, it was great. I ended up having a window seat, I think on every plane. And I saw we, a couple, most of the inter, cause we did not take trains around Europe. Like we flew from Paris to Vienna. Uh, we flew from Vienna to Milan. We flew mm-hmm. obviously from Milan to Dublin, but, um, we ended up having flights that were, the sky was really clear. Like I have, you know, I saw the French Alps. I literally saw the top of the Alps. Oh, I that's saw pretty. Um, the countryside. Uh, I saw the entire English channel. Like when we took off from Heathrow, I saw from, you know, coastline to coastline, the English mm-hmm. channel. Um, it, it was beautiful. So I saw a lot of great things, even from the plane, which was amazing. I prefer not to really look out the window on planes. because oh, I, I can look out the window the entire flight. I love it. That's I'm, I'm a big window. Oh my God, or like flying over the ocean at night. I'm like, do everyone close their window shade? I'm going to pretend I'm on like a train or something. No, the worst. Okay. For me, the worst thing, and it, it didn't happen this flight, but you know, flying back is a daytime flight. The thing I don't like, although I understand why it happens is like you're at like let's say you're at 38,000 feet you're over the middle of the north atlantic and then you look out okay window, captain katie yeah and then you look out your window and there's literally another jet next to you and you're like um, oh i feel better about that because i'm like if something happened like someone would see it <laughs> what do you think that plane's gonna do for you <laughs> like they're gonna because it's not gonna be like that malaysia flight where they're like where did it go someone's well, gonna true, know what like, i mean is it gonna it went yeah. down Eventually. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm someone who has, I'm, I'm working. I'm a recovering anxious flyer. Well, I am um, too. I, I, it's not like I love flying. Like, Oh, let me get on and just like go to sleep. But I mean, I, you know, I, we did had you sleep at all on the flights. Um, I slept a little bit going over. I did. Um, I well, did actually, an overnight. 
I know, I but I only slept maybe about three hours. I don't sleep on planes well. I'm going it's back. It's so no. hard in first class to <laughs> lay down in your lay flat stop, seat. Stop, stop. <laughs> Meanwhile, Drew and I were taking our overnight flight. We were in like row 40 and I was in the middle seat. Well, like, just so you know, the first class, which is what we got put in, we didn't buy that ticket. Not only do you have a lay flat seat, your seat actually also can turn so you can sit at your table. So I, so dad and I could like face each other. Like, oh my we were God, eating our get meals. out of here. Don't worry, we didn't. Um, I mean, we haven't married 30 years. We don't need to face You were like, I need this quiet time. I need this I mean, quiet time. That is something else though. So you, we're, you're not a family that goes on like, you know, two week vacations. Like, I mean, maybe we have in the past or we've gone to stay with family or, or something where it was more extended. But like, did you and dad like, I don't know. Did you get like annoyed with each other any parts of the trip? Like, No, we had a great time. I mean, but we're kind of like that. We spend a lot of time together right now since we're both kind of in our sabbatical year, as we've discussed before. So Mm -hmm. we spend all our time together anyways. Now, listen, we, I mean, our next trip, we have a two month driving road trip with the dogs. Now that's going to be- We can't even like scratch the surface of that. That's going to be a lot of- but no, we don't have, we don't have that problem. It's not like, oh, I need to do- not like that you were like getting in, but like, I am someone who- and Drew is the same that we both enjoy alone time. And sometimes it's hard when you're in a hotel room to be, to feel like, oh, I'm decompressing. No, or like, no, we didn't, we don't have that issue. I mean, maybe that's why you've been married 30 years. That's probably, that's probably why. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, o- overall, I would say everything was, pr- it was a perfect balance of, you know, doing things. We had some, you know, fancy dinners. We had some casual dinners. We mm-hmm. saw some site, we saw some planned sites. We had some unplanned, you know, sites that we saw that were also amazing. Um, it was really, it was so when you were, when you were booking it and you were making your itinerary and all of that, did you really plan out every day? Like, okay, Tuesday, we're going to go here for breakfast and we're going to go to the Louvre and we're going to walk here or did you just kind of like wake up and decide day of what you were going to do a little bit more day of but we always had a dinner reservation almost every night we had a dinner reservation made just so we sometimes you have to because we went to a couple places and they were like you "You don't have a reservation like and they weren't even fancy they weren't like michelin star or whatever but they were just so popular right and that bums me out because the one you recommended to us in paris you know we ended up getting and we didn't get to paris till like nine hours after we we're supposed to, we didn't get until like 10 o'clock at night. We we're supposed to be there like early afternoon because of all the flight drama. So we missed the reservation. We had made it a stair, mm-hmm. which is the place you recommended. And then we, so couldn't, we couldn't get another one. Um, and then they were closed one night we were there. So um, yeah, so we, we always had a reservation. I think most of them we kept a few of them. I mean, like that one, something interfered. I think another one, something interfered with it, but um, we ended up, we had the dinner reservations booked. I did get tickets to the Louvre in advance. And I got them probably six weeks in advance or even two months. And I still couldn't even get the time I thought I wanted. So they were booked up already. And then, of course, mm-hmm. I did get the tickets to the ballet and the opera. Um, other than that, I don't think I did too much in advance. But some stuff didn't need, you know, a lot of it was walking around, seeing sites. I mean, we did go in that one museum in Vienna. Um, obviously, in Dublin, everything was booked, so we couldn't get in because I didn't really well, plan you were, stuff. you were visiting a local, so yeah. they know what to Yeah, they knew what yeah. to take you to. But, yeah. um, okay, well, I guess what are your, all right, let's do what were your three favorite things you did or saw? And then what were, what are your three tips for someone going to Europe right now in the summer? Okay. Favorite things. Um, there was this really cool 
area in Paris. It was a shopping area. And I guess it was one store, but it was on like three different corners. It was called the Galleries Lafayette. I don't know if you went there, but it's like, mm, I don't it, think it's so. kind of like a department store, I guess. But they had like, on one corner, it was like a men's store. On the other corner was like, I guess the women's store. And then there, on the other corner, it was like a food hall, like stuff like that. Paris version of Macy's. <laughs> I guess kind of, but when you go into the women, the quote unquote women's store, yeah. oh my gosh, the building, the entire store is just like rings this huge atrium with this like unbelievable ceiling. It's like seven floors. And then wow. you can take the um, elevator, not a small one, by the way, to the top and they have a like a um, rooftop deck. I don't know what to call it, a deck. Oh, does it have a restaurant on top of it? Yes, it has a restaurant Okay, I did look into that restaurant, but we didn't end up going. Oh my God. And then you can see everything in the city. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It has amazing views. So it's like the building is very striking and like the inside with like, it was huge, but then, I mean, even the floor space was huge, but keep in mind, it was just ringing this whole, it was all open in the middle. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. So that was, that was very cool. We got to go to a Catholic mass um, while we were there. That was really neat. And a couple of interesting things about that is it was first communion. So some kids were making their first communion at it, which was really yeah. cute. And then the funny thing that we saw, and I was like, geez, we got to embrace this in the U S is when they pass a collection basket, they were passing around two baskets. So the Catholic in me is like, oh, there's going to be a second collection. It wasn't a second collection. The two baskets come down. The first one is if you want to put like, you know, money in paper, money or coins or whatever. And the second one looks like a basket. But when you look in it, there's a little tablet and you can do tap to pay for your donation. Oh, wait, that's so fun. That was so cool. <laughs> that was just very interesting. Um so that was cool. And then I will say, um, I mean, everything about Lake Como was amazing. I would say the art museum in Vienna, the Albertina, totally, mm-hmm. totally awesome. Just because it was very accessible and we could really like read stuff and understand it. We felt like we just take our time and learn. Um, but I mean, I-, I could go on and on. I have a million favorite things. Okay, and then- well, it- what were, your, what were your three tips? Yeah. My three tips are, I mean, I'm just the type of traveler that you don't have to check everything off your list. Like just because everybody who goes to Paris sees X, Y, Z. I mean, you don't necessarily, maybe you're not going to like that. I will say we got sucked into a couple of maybe restaurants that were like kind of, I mean, we went to this restaurant in Paris, Gigi's with the small elevator. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful restaurant. I thought it was a little bit like, Okay, it had, you you know, you could have a table that had a great view, but there was a lot of places in Paris that had a great view. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that was worth the hype. And it was also very expensive. Paris was very expensive. Vienna was like two thirds the cost of Paris. Everything was just cheaper there. Um, So I I think think some of that's coming from where, well, you obviously were probably eating at nicer restaurants than Drew and I were, but... I, I feel like we were not as surprised, maybe because we live, you know, Hoboken, New York is more expensive than Dallas. But I remember like we went somewhere and obviously like the tax is different and whatever. But I remember being like, this is the all in price like that. That felt pretty, pretty reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't it wasn't that I thought Paris was so expensive. It's just like relatively Vienna was so much cheaper, like everything comparable was was less expensive. Yeah. So that I would sense. say that's number one. Um, number two is like, I see, I think that there's a lot of like, I don't know what the right word is. When people travel, there's a lot of like, almost like travel peer pressure or travel shaming. You know, it's like, 
people wear it like a badge of honor. Like, oh, I just have a carry on or I took trains everywhere. I stayed here. It's like, just you do you. Like when you travel, mm-hmm. just do it how you want to do it. And don't worry about what anybody thinks. Right. So it's like, if you want to spend fly first class, you want to spend, do stop. You want to <laughs> spend your dollars in a certain way, but not in another way then do that. Right. And there's things, I mean, that were important to us that other people wouldn't want to spend money on. There's other things people spend money on. I'm like, I would, that's just not important to me. I don't need to do yeah. that. Right. Um, I don't need to dr- have someone drive me around Paris in a little like old fashioned car with like a, sunroof. there was a lot of that. Right. You take the little tours, the, the Viator <laughs> tours or whatever. I don't think I know I don't what that know. is. Um, and then my last, my, my last tip is like, if you're going on a longer trip, I mean, this was a long trip for us. Like it was really good. The timing of Lake Como and the ability to kind of like decompress there and just, Mm -hmm. you know, that was really important. We, you got to give yourself some rest. And some days we're like, you know, we did one big thing and we're like, oh, let's just go back. Let's just go relax a little bit. Maybe, you know, get a drink at the hotel bar and just chill out before we go out to dinner. Like that's okay. It's not a contest to see how many sites you can see. No, I agree. And I think when we were, you know, traveling most recently. And even when we go places in the US and it's somewhere new for us, like it's like can be such a rabbit hole. And I love to research and like figure out what you're supposed to do when you go to every place. But it's also like, it's okay to like go in without a plan. And I know Drew is listening to this and he's like, we don't go in without a plan anywhere. Is where we're going to Cape Cod this coming weekend. And for the 4th of July, this episode will come out, um, you know, at a later date. And then we're going to Napa and I've already like planned out our itineraries for both of those, like to, you know, every meal has been allotted for and all of that. So I'm well, not, I think I'm not taking to, my own yeah. advice, but no, I, and I think but here's, nice. here's the thing. I think you have to do some of that because unfortunately that's what's happened now is everybody makes a reservation. So I think you have to have a plan. You cannot be afraid to scrap the plan. I mean, obviously if I agree money in advance, you know, if you bought tickets to something, you know, probably go if you can, but you can't be afraid to pivot and be like, oh, you know what? I saw this really cute restaurant. We were walking by. I really want to try that instead of this reservation. No harm, no foul. Let me cancel the reservation. And I mean, maybe we'll do like an episode on social media and all of that. Cause I feel like we're always hating on it despite that we're like addicted to it. Um, but I, we were just in for this past weekend, I had Juneteenth off. So it was a long weekend for me. And we went down to the Jersey shore, which we're going to do a whole episode about like my first time at the Jersey shore and living in New Jersey, which it will be hopefully really funny. But, um, we, we went to Cape May, which was so lovely. Like, love it. Like, definitely want to go back. But we had not made reservations because we were like, we don't know, like, is it beach town vibes or like what we should be doing? And it was really stressful because some of the places we would, we like, there's a little downtown. And so we were basically just going each stop and we'd see like, do we want to eat at this menu? Like all of that, whatever. And some of the places were like, oh, like we're a reservation only or there'd be such a long wait and then you like get on Yelp and then there's like a million options and you're like, where should we try next? And right. so it did feel like, and like at one point we were so hungry. I was like, I'm paralyzed. Like, I don't know where to check next. <laughs> like, yeah. like, let's just find anywhere that we can eat. Well, it is interesting. You mentioned about social media because I, of course I do look at social media and obviously I, I recently posted on my own personal accounts about this podcast, but I specifically didn't post anything about the trip. And it, I remember distinctly saying at one point, to dad, your, your, your dad. Um, I was like, Oh, I'm going to post like, you know, a couple things about the trip or I think it was on our actual anniversary, our actual day of our anniversary. We were in Lake Como. And then I actually later I said to him, I said, you know, I'm not going to post anything. Everybody who I want to know about what I'm doing, 
already know we'll hear about it on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. But I was like, well, I don't need to post this. That being said, it is funny now because so many people I feel like are in Europe that I'm looking, I'm like, oh, I'm there. Oh, I'm there. Like I saw someone, things they had the exact same picture with the Eiffel Tower in the background from Gigi's balcony that I have, you know? So, I mean, you, you have fun. visualization as well. Yeah. No, well, you guys had a truly amazing trip. We, we, as your daughters are really glad that you treated yourself and you went um, and did something big. If 30 years is definitely not a small feat. Hopefully Drew and I will, you know, in 29 and a quarter <laughs> years be celebrating um, yes. our 30th anniversary as well. But um, if you're enjoying this podcast, it's, we've had a lot of fun recording it. We've really, you know, my sisters obviously have their feedback. If you have feedback, let us know. Um, but what we'd love is like wherever you're listening to this, if you could give us um, a five-star review, if you think we're worth five stars or whatever you think we are worth, just give us any review. Um, and <laughs> what? We're not we desperate. Reviews. Literally Literally, just whatever you think, let us know. Um, you can also yeah. check us out. You can check us out on Instagram. We're at the millennial and the mom. And I say that knowing that Maddie takes care of the Instagram and she does everything on there. And I did offer to help. I want everyone to know, but she's like, no, I really have a, I have a, a concept of how this is supposed to look. Well, so I've not been trusted. Sh- you are writing the show notes. And I was like, this does not sound fun and cool. No. So. Oh. <laughs> okay and with that i guess this is over this this episode is over i'm not writing fun and cool but oh what can i say Um, but yeah check us out next week we'll be back with another episode and well mom i'm sure i will talk to you between now and then you're probably gonna call me after this and say that was mean what i just said i no, my feelings aren't hurt at all i mean like i said i mean i'm not i'm not the millennial in this conversation so (laughs) Or, just, or any conversation. Um, or, that's true. Or any conversation. All right. Talk to you later, Maddie. Bye. Okay. Bye, mom. 